Hey, welcome to our pastor's Bible study. We are in the Gospel of Mark. It's one of the four Gospels in the New Testament, and we're beginning today with chapter 1, verse 1. So very excited to get involved here. We, if you want a little more background on the, the book, the author, the date, that kind of information, we did an introduction to this book. Uh, hopefully it's nearby in this YouTube lineup that you're looking at right now. Yep, and just so everybody knows, today as we go through, uh, chapter one actually has so much information in it, uh, at least so many different sections. We're going to break this one up and probably just shoot to do half of it today, and then we'll pick up on the second half uh, next week then. Yeah, and I think we're both going to be reading from a new international version, Correct. NIV translation. So, chapter one, verse one. Mark writes, The beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. A voice of one crawling out in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. End quote. In verse 4. And so John came baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. There you go. And this was his message, quote, After me will come one more powerful than I, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And I think uh, before we jump into what is written here mm. in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verse 1, maybe we can just talk for a second about what is not written. Oh, I'm intrigued. In I'm intrigued now. Well, there is uh, no Mary and Joseph. Yes, the There's nativity no star. story is There's not no, there. No wise men. Yep. Uh, Mark picks it up right at Jesus's ministry, at his uh, adult ministry, right when he started preaching and teaching the kingdom of God. Which is so interesting to see the difference between the Gospels of how different people share what they felt was <clears throat> most telling and to be able to get kind of just that different perspective and we really do I think see that throughout the book of Mark of the way that he writes which I think is so neat because uh, it's the way that you know we as individuals interact and see things today and how we pick up different details or would tell a story differently than maybe somebody who is sitting uh, directly next to us. Right and this is very uh, you know common in what, uh, criminal justice mm -hmm. forensics mm -hmm. If you have four witnesses to the same crime, the police interview each of the four witnesses independently. They all have different aspects, if you will, that yeah. they remember that stood out to them or or things that they didn't notice or didn't think was important to share. Yep. So it's it adds to the uh, uh, authenticity of Jesus' life uh, that we have these four witnesses of his life that all highlight they all align. They all tell the same story, uh, but they just highlight different things. Yeah, and Mark opens up with this kind of like this title, if you will, or like this announcement of what his work is going to be about, this beginning gospel about uh, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. 
and that word gospel there, uh, I was looking at it today, and I'd be reminded of it, comes from the old English word uh, Godspell, which really means good news. So when you hear Pastor Mark and I talking about like the good news uh, within scripture or the good news that we talk about in the gospel, that's really where that, that comes from. And right from there, he jumps down and he starts giving us a couple of quotations there, as Pastor Mark was, was reading for us. And those are interesting to note, especially in the beginning. I love it because Mark brings the Old Testament into this New Testament. Not that he would have called it that, but he is taking that which is foretelling of Jesus to come and saying, here it is. You know, everybody's been looking for this. It's right there. And I know it mentions the, the prophet Isaiah, but when you look at that, that first quote there in verse 2 is actually from uh, Malachi that it comes in from and then jumps down and announces uh, that second quote found in verse 3 there, the voice of one calling in the desert is uh, the prophet Isaiah, which is really neat because you're looking at scripture passages literally from centuries before that are predicting, you know, the Savior will come in God's chosen time. And finally, John is here today to say, you know, this is it. And Mark really records that and puts it together nicely for us and being able to say and show the reader, you know, this is the evidence of who Jesus is. And it really fits that theme. You know, I was going to talk to you about this Son of God, and we'll hear that several times in our reading today. And so here it is. Let me show you who salvation is brought through. Right, good point. So the Mark obviously wants to highlight that uh, from the Old Testament prophets, the prophets of Israel, they said, okay, before the Messiah comes, mm. God's going to send his messenger ahead of him yep. to prepare the way, a voice yep. will cry in the wilderness. And so Mark starts his gospel, boom, it's happening. This is it. It's, this is, it's here now. Just what we heard about 400 years ago in Malachi, 700 years ago from Isaiah, it's now happening in our own midst. I like, too, some of the details that Mark pulls out. He'll do that a couple times today. You know, he only writes a, just a handful of verses, even in this section here, like you said before, kind of uh, really getting to the point. But one of the things he decides to choose is to describe John's clothing yeah, and his diet, you yeah. know, to be able to kind of show us, I think, what is most important to him. He's eating just these, these locusts, these grubs, and this wild honey. He's kind of living off the land. He's wearing clothing that is just super simple. Uh, nothing to say, you know, look at me or this is what I depend on. But he really has this naturalistic style of wanting to show everyone and everything that he does, this is what's most important. It's not, not the diet that I have. It's not being able to lean on things of this world. But it's about leaning on Christ and, and everything. And he knows what his one job is to be able to right. prepare for Christ. And he says, you know what, I'm going to do that in everything that I do. Yeah, that's a good point, too, about John, John the Baptist's his purpose, his mission, and his awareness. Because you know, from the other Gospels, we hear about how popular John was and how many people came out to hear him from all the villages and towns from Jerusalem and how many disciples he had. Yeah. And then when Jesus started preaching and people started following him, his disciples came to John and said, hey, they're jealous. Yeah. Like, He's taken away. Yeah. So like all this has going on here but again mark just focuses in on really the most pertinent information and it's that uh, john's message was crystal clear i'm not the one i'm here to prepare the way i'm not worthy to even uh wash the feet yeah which that was a slave's job yeah in, in this day to wash the feet of their master when they came in 
Uh, he says, I'm not even worthy to do that for the man who's coming after me. And he even said, I baptize with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I love it and just because he, he's, he's pointing to Christ in all those things, right? Just showing, you know, here he comes. Let me point to him. And it really does, at least for me, make me ask that question. You know, am I doing that? You know, mm -hmm. not necessarily in the clothing that I wear or my diet, but in things of this world, you know, what is most important? I've you seen know? you eat some strange things. <laughs> I believe that, yeah. I, I, like, that. I like most things, yeah. <laughs> but the message, right, is always pointing, and are we doing that? Like in everything that we do, saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to point to Christ and be happy about that. Yeah, I mean, you can almost hear these words of joy really coming from John as Mark records them. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's move into the next section, uh, the baptism and temptation of Jesus. Uh, verse 9. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And the voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the desert, and he was in the desert 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and the angels attended him. So again, from the other gospels, we get a lot more details about yeah. like three of the temptations. We turn, Satan said, oh, turn the yeah, stones into bread because you're hungry. Yeah. Throw yourself off the temple. Yeah. Jesus, every time, whatever. You know, Mark's like, here's the point, <laughs> right? Jesus was baptized. He's being obedient you know, to his father's will, an example to us. And then, and he comes out of the water. Obviously, this is a huge event, right? It's yeah. It's recorded in all the Gospels where the, the God speaks from heaven. The Holy Spirit appears visibly. And everybody's like, okay, this is something special here. Yeah. This is yeah. not a normal person. Um, God's saying, this is my son whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. And we also know that he, God said, listen to him. I think of all the big events within scripture that you know if you would have been there man this would have been right. amazing this way. Would have like there's how many pieces of bread and fish were there and now yeah. all these people are eating or you know that guy was just blind and now he's seen but i don't know if we really take a moment to think about you know we're like oh yeah jesus got baptized but think about that even this description that mark uses when he's like the heavens were torn open like what happened to be able to describe it that way that the, the heavens are torn open that people that audibly then hear the voice of God, you know, and how many people were there getting baptized that day? I assume it wasn't just Jesus' baptism day and they're like, oh, one person a day. You know, there might have been this line of people and people are coming up and they're getting baptized and all of a sudden, like, when this guy comes up, this huge <laughs> event happens and imagine being a witness to that that day. I don't know how you would ever turn from that. And then this concept again of the dove being able to come down, which is neat just in itself uh, describing this concept even though we don't have that word Trinity really mentioned in Scripture, of uh, being able to say, see all three persons in this exact moment, in this place and time. I think this would have been just a super special element to be able to see in Scripture. Yeah, that would be a, a very exciting. And so... Uh, I like, too, the voice. Sorry to mm -hmm. catch you there. I, I like the voice. Like, you are my son, whom I love, whom you were well pleased. I always thought this gives Jesus such an identity not just for the people to be like oh did you hear that god said this is his son this is important for us to know i think it was important for christ to know and to be able to have that confidence i think about like the relationship that i have you know with uh my dad of like him investing in me 
or like loving me and always like saying, you know, just positive things to me and really lifting me up. Like how much that, that always has meant to me, whether I was, you know, four yep. or that I was in my forties, yep. uh, it means a big deal for me. And so Jesus being not only God, but being man in this moment that must have been a big thing for him. And especially with what's coming up, right? I mean, it's right after this that he's let out into the desert to be to be tempted, you know, by Satan. And it's almost like God gives him this identity and this piece of confidence to be able to withstand that storm. Not that, again, that he's not God, but he's man in that time too. Mm-hmm. And this really is probably the most difficult element that he's had to face yet when he goes out there and he is mano y mano with with satan but he's able to hold back knowing what his mission is and just thinking for us whether we're feeding into our kids or grandkids of how far that goes or knowing what it means that through god's word that he feeds into us so when we are faced with temptation or our children are faced to temptation that they have received an example from us as, again, parents or grandparents, or that we have received and gotten this example from God himself to be able to say, hey, you know, you're my child. You can make it through this. Whatever you're facing today, whatever's going on, uh, you know, we can do this together. Yeah, that's so important at this transition in his life because you think for, we don't, we guess about 30 years, right? He he grew up, he yep. played played with the kids in his neighborhood, mm-hmm. he aced all his tests at school, he didn't go to school, obviously, but... Um, maybe worked in the carpentry shop uh, with his dad or yeah. after his dad passed away. Yeah. And like, this is a watershed moment, obviously now, now that now mm-hmm. this is the, the fulfilling of this messianic uh, role, all the prophecies, every single one is going to be fulfilled. And it's like you said, the whole journey to Jerusalem and the cross is going to be horrible. Mm. And it starts right off with fasting for 40 days. Yep. In the desert, being tempted by Satan, mano a mano, yeah, and like right before he leaves again, yeah, like God saying, "I'm proud of you. You got this." I like that you too. Can do this, yeah. Uh, again, just these random descriptions that are there. Mark just says he was there with the wild animals. Like, why did you put that? Why did you put that in there? He's there with the the wild animals. You know, maybe we think about like you know, and maybe in our realm, oh, like there's some coyotes out there and stuff. But he's probably talking about pretty large game potentially that are out there that their only job is to be able to find food and to be able to hunt things down. And if Christ is out there by himself, you know, that's, that's a scary time again. Mm-hmm. But I think Mark almost puts that in there to show he's going to guard him. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all these other forces that are around him too. It's not just Satan. It's these forces of the world that are out to be able to get him, but he's going to protect him. And I think that just, again, when I read that and I see that, I think, how cool is that? You know, what are the wild animals that are around us in our life right now, the things that are pressing down upon us, not just the temptations, everyday uh, things that we face, not being able to have something accomplished in our lives that we thought was gonna happen today. You and I talked about something personally with that today that, you know, oh man, this is so stressful, we're trying to get to this and just can't get this simple thing done. You know, but all those elements that we come up against and thinking, you know what? God's gonna protect me from all these different things. I need to kind of, Calm it mm-hmm. down here today and know that he's always going to attend to me no matter what's going on or where I'm at. Absolutely. Good. So, tempted in the wilderness, he does not commit a single sin. The angels come to attend to him. And then Mark just jumps right kind of to the next scene, if you will, in verse 14. Uh, the 
calling of uh, the first disciples. It says, after John was put in prison, that's John the Baptist, we were mm-hmm. just talking about him. Uh, after that, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. And Jesus says, the time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. There's that word gospel that started off the book, mm-hmm. the good news. Verse 16, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further, he saw James, and son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired <laughs> men and followed him. So again, remember Mark's pace yeah. here. It's just... John's in jail. The next thing, the next thing. <laughs> next. Yeah, we don't hear about it. Herod's and the, his stepdaughter dancing and asking for his head on a silver platter, all yeah. that with John the Baptist. That That's, uh, for Mark, that's kind of peripheral information. And then Mark he jumps right focus in. on what Jesus is doing. Yeah, it jumps into, like you said, right where, right what he's doing, you know. So he jumps right on immediately to be able to call these disciples. And uh, it does seem so abrupt. Uh, we know that, you know, there are other events here. This isn't the first time they saw Jesus. He wasn't this complete stranger. They know of him, mm-hmm. have had interaction with him before. But it is quick, though, still, you know, of now, you know, come and follow me, and I'm going to make you fishers of men. Uh, again, just like the fact that Jesus meets them where they're at on a couple different levels. Number one, he actually approaches them. You know, they're not on his heels begging him. He goes to them, mm-hmm. finds them out, come and follow me. Then he uses that language that is familiar to them. He could have said, hey, we're going to go start this new ministry trek. We're going to go share the, the good news, the gospel. You know, uh, guys, come along with me. We're going to start baptizing people. But he says, I will make you fishers of men. And uh, again, using that same verbiage, I think that's so imperative for us as disciples of Christ too. You know, do we hear that calling? Come and follow me and know that Jesus really does come and meet us where we're at. Mm -hmm. And once we do understand that, are we then meeting people where they're at and expressing language that's familiar to them? Uh, We talked about that today in a staff meeting too, of being able to tend to people and are we making sure that we're doing that in the right way you know of being able to be able to go out and really meet them whatever their situation is that's most appropriate and i always appreciate that really about our lord that he could do anything he wants to he could have done a cool miracle and said hey did you guys see that now come and follow me mm-hmm. but he really you know it takes time again to be able to meet them in the, with their own language yeah that's a good good point and i i'll insert a little note here just kind of on the whole book as a whole, right? The way Mark writes, it's um, the, like these little vignettes we've talked about and how he jumps from like kind of scene to scene. Um, Mark was not as concerned with getting the chronology like exact, mm. like Luke, right? Luke is researching, he's interviewing, he's writing down this every little detail, we went to Nazareth and to Bethlehem and the, every little... Mark, and remember... A lot of what he's learned is from Peter, mm-hmm. and probably Peter's sermons. Mm-hmm. So Peter's preached about all of these things, calling the disciples and the driving out evil spirits, and just, so it, 
the book of Mark is chronological in the big sense. In other words, Jesus starts his ministry, he's baptized, he's ministered, yep. right? The passion, the resurrection. Okay. But like all, some of the miracles here and there are maybe crossed or what happened. And like here, uh, he leaves out the fact that Jesus had been preaching and probably had already run into John yeah. and Zebedee's yeah. family and all whatever. Uh, but Mark is just kind of rushing along through through all of this. So and you hear it in his words too, right? Yes, really. Well, in verse eighteen, there this this at once, you know. I think just a minute ago he said that same thing at once. You know, he loves it. It's always like so so yeah. quick. A lot of the same descriptors and a lot of the same elements. You know. Yeah. All right. Where are you? Verse twenty-one. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Is that me or you? Well, you went first, second, third. I think this is a. This is me. All right. Jesus drives out an evil spirit. All right. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority? He even gives orders to evil spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. I bet it did. (laughs) I bet the news spread real quick about that. Uh, interesting here, right there, and that he's going to, to teach. This would have been common of allowing certain individuals to come in, if you will, these guest preachers, right, to be able to be there and be able to teach. And it seems, again, at least in the language of Mark, fairly quickly that the people understand that there's something different about Christ and how he's speaking. In particular, it's a comparison with him and the teachers of the law and they use that word authority. Mm-hmm. Something that Jesus is doing, the way that he's speaking, the things that he's saying that are different than what they have heard before. Right. And again, something else, you know, Mark skips over for time's sake or for focus, probably just the focus, but again, from other gospels, right? Mm-hmm. We learned that when Jesus was 12 years old, yep. he was impressing people, yeah. the adults yeah. in yeah. the synagogue. Yeah. Uh, they were even impressed that as, you know, as a teenager. So this is, you know, Another whatever, 15, 18 years later, he's still probably, you assume he went to synagogue regularly. And being able to, to learn from there. Probably familiar with them too. And then it, he has this other interaction that happens then. So he's but teaching. this time, right. Yeah, and then this, this evil spirit is there. And this part is very interesting because the spirit questions Jesus, right? Knows his name, asks if you've come to be able to destroy us. Says, I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. So even this evil spirit has this acknowledgement of who Christ is, but it just goes to show you the acknowledgement of Christ or knowing even the story of Jesus really isn't that salvation element. I mean, even the demons here know this, and we hear that later on in scripture, you know, even yep. the, the demons know who he is and recognizes that he is he is God. But that's very different than actually being able to say that he is the king of our lives and having faith in that and following him. Exactly. Now a little footnote on that. I'm just going to be a cliffhanger, so you guys are going to have to stick around to the very end. 
of this series, but uh, in the Gospel of Mark, no human, no human calls Jesus the Son of God until the centurion standing at the foot of the cross. You've got evil spirits that recognize it and say it, and there's the narrator. Of course, Mark starts off the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Yeah. But no person acknowledges or proclaims you are the Son of God until the centurion of all people. Super interesting. Well, we'll get to that when we get to that. Yeah, super interesting, like uh, uh, just book bookends, if you will, because mm-hmm. I guess you do hear that from, I guess God Himself, maybe in mm-hmm. the beginning, and then right, later on, you are, seeing this it. is my son. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Good. So, so he comes out and, uh, well, Jesus tells him to be quiet, to be quiet and to be able to come out, and he does. And again, this is this miracle that amazes the people who are around. Again, they say, wow, he's not only one who teaches with authority, but he also commands the evil spirits, and they even obey him. And from there, it seems like, as you mentioned, this news begins to, to spread, literal word-of-mouth mm-hmm. communication going out about what Jesus has done. Uh I think about that today, like in our day and age, man, I know if I like, if I check uh, like the news feed on my phone, how many times a day it can get altered or changed Mm -hmm. and how quickly, even a story that'd be considered super big, maybe a decade ago, they still is, if you will, large today, it flutters off because the news almost seems to get, get old at different times or it, you know, it kind of gets stale and you wonder, you know, when the Lord tells us that Jesus comes at the perfect time in the perfect place, you know, is that part of it? You know, even just with communication at this time, mm-hmm. that Jesus is able to have this communicated out about who he is, and it stays, uh, it seems kind more. At the top of the mind. Yeah, the top, yeah, yeah. It doesn't just fade away of this big story that people could say, oh, did that really happen? Or, you know, it's something that really is this word of, word of mouth. Uh, but, you know, something that we still need to seek out for today. You know, that concept of news spreading about Jesus over this whole region. Mm-hmm. What keeps us from being able to do that today? You know, these are this is a testimony or experience that somebody had that they shared with somebody else. They didn't have this eye-to-eye contact or this personal contact of these events occurring. But somebody gave this message to somebody else, and they trusted them in that. And can't we do the same with the gospel today, uh, being able to spread this good news, this gospel, with people around us so that they can actually be able to do that exact same thing with the message? Yeah, good. So we are halfway through chapter one, and we've already seen just huge, huge miracles. Yeah, yeah. That's that's one of the things I think that catches my attention. That uh, We've seen... The heavens, the sky split and open, however that looked. Yep. Right? The voice of God. Uh, you've got Jesus you know, being tempted by Satan. Okay. He, he beat Satan there. Uh, and then right in the temple, first time he's in the temple, was, you know, uh, in his public ministry, uh, the evil spirits cry out at him and uh, really confess that he is the God and says, quiet, come out of him. And then this amazing thing violently, I don't know, again, what that would look like, but... Um, I mean, whatever. It's just this big stuff is happening like yeah. this, like this, like this. It's kind of like, okay, God's really here and God's doing something. Just look. This is big stuff. 
and that's why it's, I think it's fed to us so fast. Today is probably, again, a good place for us to be able to pause now and kind of just take this piece in today, or it, it keeps going. Um, even in this first chapter, there's three more main sections here of Christ being able to do some more miracles, of him being able to take some time to be able to uh, pray with and communicate with the Lord. So we'll hit those things uh, next week there and kind of wrap up today. Uh, but again, do yourself a favor if you'd like to, maybe read through verses uh, 29 through, uh, what is it, 45, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and kind of maybe check that out ahead of time. If you have any questions about those or about our lesson today, please, please email Pastor Mark and myself and be able to just share with us maybe some thoughts you have, something that was interesting you learned, or like I said, a question you may have that we can answer for you next week. But with that, uh, let's go ahead and close in prayer today, and we'll go from there. Uh, dear Lord, Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for your word and that which you have given uh, to so many over uh, so much time just to be able to share. Uh, Lord, we ask that we will sit back and be able to uh, act exactly like the individuals who saw this for the first time ever or heard this for the very first time and that we will still today be amazed uh, by your love and by your forgiveness. Uh, one who looks down from heaven and gives us really that exact same title, that we are sons and daughters of the Most High, that we have been united to you because of the baptism that we also share with Jesus, that we have been connected because of the blood that was spilled for uh, all mankind. So Lord, make that real in our lives today as we are able to, again, continue to serve as your disciples, for you have called us to be able to come and see who you are. Uh, open our eyes by your Spirit that we may do exactly that and share this gospel news with others. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.